Go to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. We're just going to jump off here. We're going to look at verse 26. Exodus 15, 26. Now this is something that God said to the children of Israel that is so true. This is a foundational principle of God in relation to, to being healed and walking in health. If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. So notice God says if. The reason why is he created man with a choice. So he's standing at the door of your life and he's saying, if you will diligently hearken to my voice. The, the reason why he had to say if it, later in the New Testament, it says there's many voices in this world and none of them are without significance. There will always be voices. But oh, it's very important who you listen to. Right? This word hearken means to listen. But it's more than that. It means to give heed. So you're listening with an attitude that this is very important and I'm going to heed what's being said. It means to pay attention to, and part of this Hebrew word means to yield to. So when a word from God goes forth, you have to be willing to yield to it, right? So this is what he's talking about. And said, if you will diligently, diligently is wonderful. Being diligent means you do it whether you feel like it, whether or not you feel like it, right? Hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. Now for us as New Testament believers, we have to do that too. So, but our, we're, we have it all broken down. It's not 490 different laws and ordinances and all this other stuff. It's basically... You love your brother as you love yourself. You walk in love and you walk by faith. That's the fulfillment of the whole deal. So, so this is how you do this. How do I keep God's word? I walk in love and I walk by faith. If you'll do that, you'll keep everything. Right? And it says here, and we'll keep all the statutes, it says... I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. And then now we have the redemptive name of God. The, the Je it's, it's Jehovah Rapha. He says, for I am the Lord that heals you. No one has a right to change that. Right? He's not the God who used to heal but doesn't anymore, or the God that chooses to heal some and not others. No, no. He is, he says, I am the Lord that heals you. That's a redemptive name of God. Now this word, I will put, I'll read it, I'll read it out of the Young's literal translation. I don't know if we have that, Jake. Maybe you could try to pull that up. I have it on my phone. I could read it. Dr. Young was a Hebrew scholar, he was actually a Hebrew and a Greek scholar. But let me pull this up. 
And, and he translated this like this. Now, it's written a little different because in the Hebrew language, it's just worded, so he wasn't trying to make it easy to read. You know, like when you have the Message Bible or the New Living Translation, some of these, like the message would be, uh, that's not even a, a translation, it's a paraphrase. So it's, it's just kind of trying to say things in our modern English. This is not like this. This is, this is Dr. Young trying to, uh, he's, he's translating this as close as he can literally in English. So it's, this, this verse would read, And he saith, If thou dost really hearken to the voice of Jehovah thy God, and dost that which is right in his eyes, and hast hearkened to his commands, and kept all his statutes, none of the sicknesses which I laid on the Egyptians do I lay on thee. I like the way he put laid. For I, now look at this, for I, Jehovah, am healing you. Doesn't that kind of fit like in, in Romans chapter 8, it says that the Holy Spirit is quickening. He's restoring our body. He's healing our body. I mean, it, it, the Bible, the whole Bible talks about it. Psalm 103, verse 3, don't forget all of his benefits. The two leading ones, he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases, right? Psalm 107, 20, he sent his word and healed you. Well, now this, this word laid, it's real interesting, or put, or brought. Notice it talks about like God is bringing this. He's laying this. He's putting this. Well, Dr. Young he, he basically, in his writing, said these phrases in the Old Testament were translated wrong. In the Hebrew language, there's two verb tenses. The word put right here. I will put none of these diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. The word put and the word brought are the same words. It's the Hebrew word sum. Could be, could be sim, but it's really closer to sum. That's what the Hebrew word, the closest thing in English that I could say. That's that Hebrew word. It's, it, both, it both is translated put and brought. Now it's a verb. And the verb can be, two, there's two tenses of verbs in the Hebrew language. There's permissive and there's causative. So where it says, I will put... None of these diseases on you that I brought on the Egyptians. The King James Version translated that in the causative sense. But we know as you read a New Testament truth, you read all through the scriptures, you read all through the Old Testament, that it's not causative. So if you look at the Hebrew language, you'll find this word, some is always permissive. So if you want to read it correctly, you'd have to read it like this. I will allow or I will permit none of these diseases upon you which I have allowed or permitted upon the Egyptians. God permitted it and he allowed it. Why? Here is the thing. God is sovereign, right? And this is rule number one of sovereignty. Man's will trumps God's will in the earth. 
If you don't believe me, then why he's the God who would have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But you know, since our service started, some people died and went to hell. And it was never God's plan. But they chose that. Right? Here's another rule of sovereignty. God must allow in your life what you allow. Now this makes people mad because we're all about no-fault religion. Listen, if God wants me healed, then I'll just be healed. And if I'm not, he must not want me healed. Well, that's great. Can you show me at least... I mean, really, you need to show me two or three scriptures about that, but you can't even show me one. Not even one. But yet we've built doctrines on this. Why am I going into this so much? Because God is the one who healed you. Jesus himself, Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, bore your sickness and carried your pain. When? On the cross 2,000 years ago. If you have sickness or disease or weakness, if a hip or a knee's not working right, if your back's not working right, whatever it is, if your blood levels are off, if there's some cancer cells in your body or if you have some been diagnosed with some disease, listen, realize that that disease, that infirmity, Jesus bore it 2,000 years ago. That is exactly what the Word of God says. And here's the thing. The Bible says, I am the Lord that heals you. We, we look so much about, I just need to be healed. But notice how much of this was written about, you have to hear, you have to obey, and walk in certain things. Do you know, I've ministered to people that have had diagnosis where they've been given a very short time to live. And I've seen people literally flying to other countries to try to get help. And just they're just in a horrible situation. And they love God. And, you know, I, I, have, to, I have to tread really lightly. But, you know, sometimes you get an open door to send them like a, a little book on healing or like a real non-evasive thing as Larry Hutton did a CD heaven's health food it's just all the he just reads healing scriptures in the bible right and you know i've sent that to people before and you run into them and they're like oh yeah you know yeah thank you so much for sending that to me you know i haven't haven't really opened it yet it's been three or four weeks and i'm thinking to myself you're looking to everything but we have christians by the millions that are not perceiving that God is their healer. They're not perceiving that the word is their answer. I'm here tonight to tell you that he's your answer. He loves you. He's provided life for you. And the Holy Spirit, if you will give him preeminence in your life, will walk you into every part of it. Now run over to Luke chapter 5. Because I want, to see, I want to show you a dynamic in the ministry of Jesus that's amazing. We have a lot of Christians that think they're in faith and they're not. And the reason why is because they might be listening to the Bible, listening to God's word, they're never hearing it. Because when you hear it, you become fully persuaded and you put all your trust in the word of God because you are fully persuaded. Wait a minute. 
God said this. If he said I was healed, then I am healed. If he said I am blessed financially, then I am blessed and I'm, I am not allowing lack in my life anymore. If he says he's given me a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, then depression, fear, you know, terror, all this stuff has to leave my life. Poverty has to leave my life. Sickness has to leave my body, right? Some people think that the gifts of the Spirit, where it lists the gifts of healings and working of miracles, is talking about the medical profession. So many talk about how that, well, you know, uh, it's all about the medical profession, and, you know, and, and God could help you too, and that's backwards. No, no, no. Our healer is God, and we thank God for doctors. We thank God for surgeons. We thank God for that, because many times they'll keep us alive long enough so that we could lay hold of something. But this is, what we're talking about here is God is your healer if you're his child. Amen. Luke chapter 5, we're going to look at verse 15. It says this, But so much the more went there a fame. You should study this word fame. It's really cool. It literally means a report of him. What was being, uh, it, it has to do with people hearing something and believing a report. So much more there went a fame abroad of him. So something was happening in the ministry of Jesus and literally it was being reported everywhere. A fame went abroad of him. People were hearing about what was happening in the ministry of Jesus. You know, a, a, about a thousand people was called a multitude in the Bible. But he, it says many times that great multitudes. So if, let's just say a great multitude maybe is three to five thousand. Could you imagine great multitudes? So now you've got tens of thousands of people that the healing power of God went and healed every one of them. Why? Because they were hearing about him. A fame went abroad of him. And look at this. And great multitudes, tens of thousands of people came together to be healed of him of their infirmities. That's great, isn't it? But that's not exactly what it says. It says they came to hear. Notice how that's listed first. And to be healed of their infirmities. These people, so, so you have sick people and people maybe in hopeless situations that are coming. Now what happens? They're like, listen, you know, hey, can you, can you just lay hands on me right now because I've got to go to lunch and we, we've got to go shopping this afternoon and can you hurry up and just do this thing? That's why nothing's happening. He's still the Lord that heals. He still provided it. But he doesn't take position nine or ten or even two in your agenda. When you hear, I mean, he, he's number one. Isn't it crazy to think? This is how crazy the sin nature in your flesh is when it's coupled with an unrenewed mind. You do crazy things. I don't have time to go to church. I'm going to go shopping now. I only have three months to live. You're doing... Or, or, or I'm going to watch CNN and... Fo who cares? 
if President Trump gets reelected, you won't be on the planet, <laughs> right? You should be reading the Word of God, listening to the Word of God, going to places where there are messages being preached that will build your faith because there are places that were preaching messages that will suck the faith right out of you. Right? This is why Jesus said, be careful who you hear, be careful what you hear, and be careful how you hear. Right? They came to hear and be healed. So, hear. Let's look at this word, because this word is all throughout the New Testament. It's the Greek word, akuo. Akuo. Now, if you do a study on this word, which, gosh, you know, I'm so grateful because I did that for you here. So let's just do, let's look at this. This Greek word means this. They came to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. This word akuo means to hear with giving your full attention to what you're hearing. It means people were coming to Jesus and they weren't thinking about anything else. At one point, they were with him for three days. You know, I tease about preaching for three hours. But Jesus was ministering to the people. When he got done, they spent the night. And then they're there the next day. And for three days, and finally, he's like, man, you guys, hey, let's feed these people. Because they're, they're not going to make it if we don't feed them. But why? They came to hear. When, when everybody started leaving Jesus, when he started preaching the message about, you know, if you're going to follow me, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood, people are like, what? Right? And so they're leaving, and what did he do? Did he get all freaked out? Oh my gosh, I'm having a church split. No, no, no. There is no such thing. He turned to his main leaders and said, hey, you guys going to leave too? Why? Because he was completely dependent upon his father. He knew Joshua 1.5. He knew he knew that no man could ever stop him from doing what God's called him to do, right? He knew Isaiah 1.19, if he was willing and obedient, he'd eat at the good of the land. If all these people leave, hey, there's going to be more that come. And, they, and Peter looked at him and said, Lord, where would we go? You alone have the words of life. And this is what we're talking about here. This word means to listen attentively, to attend to it. To attend to it. Where have you heard that before? Proverbs 4, my son, attend. That means, to attend to it means you give it first place. It means to give ear to. It means to consider what has been said so that you can understand and comprehend what was said. You won't do that if you don't think it's really true. And here we have the problem, right? We have many of God's children because we're living in this watered-down Christianity in many respects where so much so the world can't tell the difference between us and them. Why is that? Because we're listening to the same thing they're listening to. And all that's stopping because healing is going to break forth, revival, the power of God, all this. Why? Not because God's ready. He's always been ready. But because we're going to wake up. 
we're going to be revived, right? And this is why this is so important. To consider what has been said so that I can understand and comprehend it. Why? So that I could hear it and obey it. That's, this is the biggest part of this here. I give my full attention to it. I give ear to it. I put it first place in my life so that I can understand and comprehend it for the purposes I'm going to walk this out. This is why you come to church. You can't do that if you're sitting there thinking, oh, Lord, you know, I got this going on in my life. I just need you to bless me. I just need you to bless me. Just, just me, 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 me. I got to find your plan for my life because it's all about me. And Oh, wait, did I say that out loud? I mean, no, no, God, it's all about you, but no, 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 no. No, we're talking about when you sense that the God of heaven loves you and he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you, and that he'll be with you and that he'll see you through and provide everything, this is what you do. You lay everything down and just follow him. And when you do that, you find your life. You find everything. And this is what this word here. In Luke chapter 6, in verse 17, it uses the same word. Luke 6, 17 says, And he came down with them and stood in the plain, and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came again to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. They must have known something. Right? They must have known when you hear him, faith is birthed and you become fully persuaded so that you can receive from him. Right? We have an example of that with the woman with the issue of blood. Remember Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing akuo. And hearing comes by the word of God. Or in other words, faith comes when you hear God's word. Not listen to it, but hear it. So this is why when you come to church, you come prepared to hear. How do you do that? Father, I lay everything down. I have ears to hear. You're my everything. I roll all my cares on you, all the junk from the day. I'm laying it all aside because you are life. You do that when you come to church. You do that when you read your Bible every day. You do that, you, you grow spiritually to where you can do that in the midst of chaos. To where nothing now pulls you off from thinking about God's word, from speaking his word, from being fully persuaded that if he said it, it's already done, right? This is what we're talking about. Romans 10 says this. You could run over there, verse 13. You guys know this. Leading up to Romans 10, 17, where it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you go back a few verses to Romans 10, 13, it says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then it's explaining this faith comes by hearing thing. But then it says, verse 14, how then shall they call on him whom they've not believed? In other words, you can't act on anything that you, haven't, that you don't believe in. See, this is why it's not a fake it till you make it thing in the church. 
This is an overflow thing. It's reflective. Everything about your life inwardly is reflected outwardly. Right? If, if you're, if, so, so this is what God wants. He wants what's on the inside of you to come on the outside as you peer into Jesus. But it says here, but how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? In other words, you cannot believe something unless you hear it. You can't believe that Jesus is your healer unless you're hearing that Jesus is your healer. Right? Well, how do you hear that? You have to hear the word of God. You have to listen to it like, I'm going to give my full attention to this because I want to understand it, I want to comprehend it, and I plan on obeying it. Right? So this is, this is so important. But then it says, how, how shall they believe on him and whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear? How shall they akuo without a preacher? Which means, what is a preacher? That's a proclaimer. Tonight, I'm a proclaimer. But how can I preach? See, I can't preach unless I'm sent. That's why Jesus went around saying, my father sent me. Right? I could say that tonight. Jesus sent me here. And I'm a proclaimer. And, and I'm telling you, this is why for me, when I stand before God, it's going to be all about, did you preach the word? Not just the word you wanted to preach. Did you preach the word that I wanted you to preach? Did you actually step out of the way and flow with my spirit so that it was anointed? Why? Because I'm telling you, if you look at Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's literally translated in the Greek, the word of Christ, the anointed word. Faith comes when you hear the anointed word of God. So you want to sit under the anointing. Thank God the anointing is here. Amen. He is the Holy Spirit. And he's the teacher tonight. And we believe him for utterance every time. I read the Bible every time I'm listening to the word because knowing is revelation knowledge. When I reverence and honor and respect the word of God above everything else in my life and I give it my undivided attention and I trust in him because the word is him. And, I'm, and, I, and I'm, I'm hearing it because I'm giving ear to it. I'm considering it. I'm giving it my full attention so that I can understand and comprehend it. Well, how do I do that? I have to be submitted to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm trusting you to bring revelation to my heart of the Word of God. And I'm going to keep speaking this thing out of my mouth, speaking the Word, and speaking the Word. And when it gets, see, down on the inside of me, now the Holy Spirit brings revelation. He opens God's Word to me, and now I have revelation. And now, I'm telling you, when I'm between the time that I believe that I receive and the time that you see it in this realm, I'm telling you, the Word will talk to me. It'll wake me up in the middle of the night and go, man, by my stripes, Tony, you're healed. When the enemy comes in, the Bible says, like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard. That's a banner. What is the banner? It's when the enemy comes in, the Spirit of God will raise his word out of your spirit to where you go, no, I will live long on the earth and declare the works of the Lord. No, I, it is written, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is how it works. 
you got to hear. You got to hear. This is so very important. Faith is a creative force. People come and go, oh, you're one of those faith teachers. Thank you. You could give me no greater compliment. Why aren't you? Because you can't preach the word without talking about faith because the word produces it. We live and operate in the faith of God. Can you pull up Galatians 2.20? Galatians 2.20, I love this scripture. We live and we walk in the faith of God, not our own faith. Paul said this, I am crucified. In the Greek language it would read, I have been and am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But then he says, but yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. And then he says, and this life that I live in the flesh, how do I live it? I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live my life by the faith of the Son of God. You see, faith is a creative force. This is why Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood, Woman, your faith has made you whole. Well, see, pastor, it's talking about her faith. The faith that came, that she received, that was his faith. That, that's what it always talks about. The Bible says, for she heard. Right? When she heard of Jesus, what did she hear? Because this lady had been pronounced unclean because of her issue of blood. She had been pronounced unclean by a leader in the synagogue, probably Jairus, who was standing right next to Jesus, talking to him about, hey, come, my, my daughter's about to die. But when she heard of Jesus, she was so fully persuaded, the Bible said that she, complete, she continually said within herself, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. She kept saying it. She was fully persuaded. So that tells me she was operating in the faith of God, which came to her as she heard the word of God. In, in the Old Testament, it said that when Messiah would come, he would have healing in his wings. What was his wings? That was his prayer shawl. It, it literally, when a, when a rabbi was not praying, he would pull his prayer shawl over the back. From the back, it would look like wings, and it had little tassels on the bottom of it. When he prayed, he pulled it over his head. But the hem of his garment, if you, if you look in the Greek language, that was what she was talking about. The woman with the issue of blood wasn't crawling on the ground. She would have gotten killed. I mean, it's all rock. And if you've been around a lot of people that are trying to get somewhere, she would have probably been trampled. She was trying to touch the tassel on the bottom of his prayer shawl. And she, because she heard of Jesus, what did she hear? He's the Messiah. When Messiah comes, you'll have healing in his wings. And I've been hearing that great multitudes, powers going out of him, and they're healed. And she put her life on the line because Jairus could have had her stoned for being out in public. Blind Bartimaeus, he took off his his, his uh, coat that was given to him by the government so that he could be a beggar. It was, he gave up his whole source of income because when Jesus called him, he knew that he was no longer going to be blind. 
See, you, how do you believe something like that? It, it, it's beyond, see, you gotta stop trying to believe. You gotta hear the word of God and faith will be there and all of a sudden you'll go from, yeah, by his stripes I'm healed, that's great. You know, to, oh my gosh, by his stripes I, I'm, I'm healed. So no longer are you moved by a doctor's report because you know, hey, this guy is going on basically, he's just going on what he sees. But I'm going on something unseen, something that's forever settled in heaven by whose stripes I was healed. And nothing can stand to up to the word of God and change it. I love that. God conceives the faith of God. What does he do? God conceives something on the inside of him. He believes it and then he speaks it and it happens. God conceived light be. And then in Genesis, he believed that that was in his heart and he spoke it and he said, light be and you know now they've proven that light is still, the universe is still expanding at the speed of light. And now they've figured out how to calculate it all the way back to one point. And that point was when God spoke. In the same way, see, what do we do? We take God's word and, it, and we plant it in our heart. And then we water it by continually just meditating on it, saying it over and over. What happens is the seed of God's word is conceived inside of us. And now we believe it. Why? Faith comes because now I got revelation knowledge. It's going off in me. I see myself healed. I see the situation working out. I see this. And then what do I do? I speak out of what I believe in my heart that God said and it comes to pass. Are we God? Oh no. We're just his children. I don't have any ability to just decide, you know, I think I want to, I mean, if I did, there wouldn't be a Camry or a, whatever that thing is out there, the Toyota Avalon. It would be a 7 Series BMW at least. But I can't do that. I mean, I could go out there and go, in Jesus' name, you know, you guys would be like, oh man, we need to pray for pastor. That's ridiculous, <laughs> right? No, no, we're not this name it, claim it, blab it, grab it group. No, no, we name and claim what he said he's given us, right? And we grab hold of it with our faith. That's faith. It comes by hearing God's word. The faith that I have received heals me. The faith that I have received it's what sets me free. I receive everything from God through faith. Right? James chapter 1, verse 5 through verse 7. Doesn't it say that? At the end of that in verse 7, it says, For let not that man think that he'll receive anything from the Lord. You've got to ask in faith. It's wonderful. We see in 1 John 5, 4 that faith is the victory. Why? Because we hear the word of God. We hear it because we respect him. 
and we love him and we know that we can trust him. It's not casual. This is why the word is always fresh. I love it. Romans 8.11 says this, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, how, how many of you have the Holy Spirit in your heart? If you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit in your heart. Well, the Bible says if that is true, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Do you know, I don't care how young you are, how old you are, do you know you and I need healing every day of our life? So if we believe Romans 8, 11, we should be walking around. Father, I thank you that the mighty Holy Spirit with the same power that raised Christ from the dead, he's quickening every cell, every nerve, every bone, every organ in my body 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I'm going to live strong on this earth and I'm going to live pain-free on this earth so that I can fulfill the plan of God for my life. If we believe that, we'd speak it. All we got to do to believe it is meditate in it. That's all we got to do because his word never fails. So now run over to Proverbs chapter 4. Oh, we put everything as a priority above God. I'm here to tell you, I want to encourage you to make him your number one priority. You'll go so much further than you could ever go. So very important. Here's what happens in circles like ours. You hear this. You hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. you got to be careful because if you don't meditate in it, you'll start thinking it's common. Oh, yeah, we're going to Proverbs. Yeah, if he says Proverbs 4, we know we're going to verse 20. Do, do you know why we go here a lot? Because we're not walking in the measure of it that we need to. If we were, guess what? He wouldn't be bringing it up. Right? Do you notice how he brings up the same scripture over and over and over? I mean, this is, we need this all the time. I'm not just talking about you. I, I need it. We all need it. Look at what, look at what it says in Proverbs 4.20. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. He says, my son, the first thing he says. See, okay, this is how we read this scripture in, in the modern day church in America. Here's what we say. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, God's word is life. Father, I just receive life right now. To those that find it. And health to all my, oh, Father, I just receive health. And we never walk in it because we're trying to get the result without hearing. See, you have to notice how God before, see, if you look at this verse, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and verse 21, that is our part. Verse 22, that's God's part. Amen. 
But we focus on God's part because I just want to be healed. And God's going, I got to get you to focus on your part because I got my part. God's like, I, I got this. It's all, it's all done. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of his father going, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I mean, I remember I wasn't feeling great when I said it is finished. You know, I mean, it was it was it was wow. That was that was three hours of literal hell. Right. You know, Jesus is going, you, you, I want to show you how finished it is. But see, why all this hearing thing? Because God cannot violate your will or my will. So if you are just trying to casually, God's kind of a casual, I add him to my life because I need some fire insurance for eternity. You know, you know I, I mean, you know, right? Man, that, okay, see, can you still get to heaven that way? You know, if you believe in your heart that, that God raised him from the dead, and, but here's where we kind of go awry. And if you can confess him with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, if you actually believe that, you're saved. But don't be someone who, who stands before the Lord and you're, the minute you step out of your body, you're going, oh, I completely live my whole life for myself. There's no life in that. Does God love you any less? No. Nope. Is there still a place in heaven for you? Absolutely. Now, in eternity, you won't have, you won't have the authority and maybe do some things some other people because the Bible promotes people on faithfulness. But, oh, you, it's fullness of joy. And you'll walk around in eternity just being so thankful. So it'll be so wonderful. And God will still have a purpose for you there, even though maybe some of it you disqualified yourself for. But oh, you'll still be filled with joy. Isn't that weird how you say that and people are like, what? Can you feel that? Well, what do you mean? I'll be in heaven. We're all equal. We're all equally loved. We're all equally as children. But we won't be equal in what we do because this is the dress rehearsal for the main event. We're, all, we're not even here for us, right? We're not designed to be here for us. We're, we're designed to be light for others so that they can know Jesus so that we can go home, right? Let me, before I start meddling, let's just go back to this. So our, our place is to attend, to give first place to pay attention to God's words. Our job is to incline my ear to his sayings. That means it's my job to give it my undivided attention. Guys, this is the greatest teaching on healing because this, this is why people are not laying hold. Not only healing, everything. I give it first place. I incline my ear. What am I, what am I doing? I'm positioning myself to receive from God. I never let God's word depart from my eyes. See, what do, what do I mean by that? I position myself where now I'm meditating on his word day and night. It goes on to say, I keep his word in the midst of my heart. This phrase in the Hebrew language is really interesting. It means that I protect God's word in my heart 
by keeping it watered, by keeping it moist. What do I mean? By meditating in it day and night and being a doer of his word. Always looking at God's word. That's how I keep it in the midst of my heart. And when I do that, I know. And now God is able to do his part. He's able to cause his words to be life to me because I found them. See, verse 20 and 21 tell me how to find God's word. This is not some people live their whole life and don't find God's word. I'm here to tell you tonight, you, you don't have to be that. And I know I'm talking to the choir because I've got a whole room full of hungry people. So be excited. For you guys, I'll say this. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. You know the word. You're in faith. Don't let him get you out of faith because of how you feel or what you see. No, 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 no. You believe it. I know you do. Right? Why do you believe it? Because you hear it. So there might just be some little adjustments. You want to be all in. You got to be all in with God. Don't let some unforgiveness or some disobedience keep you out. Right? Just, just take your life and just, what do we do? We throw it on the altar and go, oh, Lord, you're my Lord. I know you're good. So you have access to every area of my life, right? And if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. It says, for they, God's words are life unto those that find them and health or medicine. This word health in the Hebrew language literally means medicine. It doesn't say that his word is like medicine. It says that his word is is medicine and it's medicine for what to all their flesh see we do have see we think that it's just another type of medicine like you know i take medicine to control this and i take medicine to control that and and you know god's word is just yeah it's god's word it's like the ultimate medicine no 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 it's you can't lump them together God's word is medicine. See, because if you say God's word's one of the medicines, then it's kind of like saying, well, God's word is, is one of the truths. But this is not what this scripture is saying. It's saying that God's word is medicine to all your flesh. Now, am I saying all other medicine that man's made is bad? I'm not saying that, but you don't compare them. Do you know God's medicine has no toxic side effects? Amen. Now, here's the thing. You can't overdose on it. Now, but here's the thing. Many take too little of it. Right? But there, there's, there's no toxic side effects. To be honest with you, man-made medicine would be kind of a counterfeit that kind of works the same way. We've taken some knowledge of what we know about the body and we're kind of manipulating some things to cover some things and do some things. But, but with God, you can't overdose on it. There's no bad side effects. There's only good side effects. It's life. The Bible says to all of your flesh. 
Isn't that good news? I must focus more on the healing part than on the being healed part. If you're believing God for healing, you got to focus more on what? The hearing part. If you're in financial trouble, you got to focus more on the hearing part than the being blessed part. If you're fighting depression, you have to get in the Word of God and take His medicine so that there's some chemical imbalances that started going there. He could heal. You know, you position yourself where all of a sudden He could work all that out and drive out all the other junk. Right? So, but, but do I focus on the walking free from depression? No, I focus on the hearing part. Because the walking free from depression part is God's part. This is huge. You must hear messages that build your faith. Let your car become healing school. Let your car become a Bible college. Let your home become a Bible college. You know, invest money in a Roku thing. Because you could tap in and your TV becomes a monitor and you can get on the internet and watch the word instead of a lot of the nonsense that we watch. Because you build your faith. It will change your life. Verses 20 and 21 instruct us how to hear so that we can find God's word so that God's word will be health and medicine to all of our flesh. Do we, do we see that? Hallelujah. I think we're going to stop there tonight. Isn't that good news? God's word is life. Now, if we go into this hearing thing, we got to go in, and, and I want to encourage you, if you want to get ahead of this, I don't know if we'll go into this anymore or not, but man, you got to talk about the parable of the sower because it tells you, it, it lays out how to hear. There is only one type of soil that produces anything. And, and notice the person doesn't produce it. The word produces the fruit. Notice he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. So it's the word of God. Take all the pressure off yourself. Put all the pressure on God's word and the faith that comes from hearing it. Amen? in diverse manners, in many different ways, spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. So let's break that down. In these last days, when did the last days start? The last days started when Jesus came out of the grave. We're in the last of the last of the last days. In these days, God speaks to us by his son. Now, we're not minimizing the prophet's ministry. There is a ministry gift of a prophet, an office, you could say. 
But I'm telling you, if any prophet has given you a word and it doesn't line up with the word of God, you got to throw it out. So many people, and here I'll say this too, if you are living on a word that is not founded in two or three scriptures, it's going to mess up your life. I know people that literally have 1,800 blind spots in their life, and I could see a blind spot in a person's life a mile away because I had them. When God shows you a blind spot in your life, you go, I had no, I had no idea. But I know people that are just like, you know, I've been given this word that, man, I'm, I'm to do ministry and I'm going to change the world. And it's like, I don't doubt that word is true. But brother, you got to throw that on a shelf. You're not even going to church. You're not even in the word. You're kicking your dog every day. You're not walking in love. You're not even honoring God in your giving. All of these things. So God can't even talk to you about his revealed will for your life because you're not even doing the written will. Do you see that? See, this is going to be, and boy, I'll tell you, even when I say that, it's like, now I don't feel it much, but there's a little, just a little bounce back. I'm telling you, I'm telling you this to help you. Come to the Lord as you are. Don't, you know, we're men, we have all these different rooms. Take, it'll take you a while, but you men, we just got to go around and open all the doors. You know, we don't like doors. Like, oh, I remember this door. Yeah, no, nah. no, just open it. Don't worry about it. And then God will pick one of those rooms and go, okay, we're going we're gonna to clean up this room. And you'll be like, okay, because you're so into a works mentality, you'll go to grab a broom. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, your job was to open the door. My, I'll, I'll clean the room. I'll make that room so clean that you would have never thought. You'll look at that room and you'll never be able to see a remnant that it was ever messed up. And you'd be like, wow, that's cool, because us men, you know, we're really into delegation, especially in the area of dishes, cleaning, right? <laughs> Ask our wives, right? Well, this is how you'll get free one area at a time. But you start the process. It says, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed an heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. In other words, I'm going to talk to you by my Son, and he's pretty qualified because he's the creator of everything. And he knows all things. We're like, cool. And then he says this about Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory. Jesus was the brightness of his father's glory. The express image of his person. He's the express image of God the Father. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he sat, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. When he did and finished the work, when he provided everything for you and I. Listen, hear me. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. You have not messed up the plan of God for your life. You are in the perfect place right now. Let this Christmas season, as God, when Jesus hit the earth, it made all things new. Why don't you let What's inside of you just make all things new in your life. Amen? And we'll do it together because we need each other. I am so grateful for you because you help me grow spiritually. I, I get so encouraged when I see your faith, 
when I see you walking things out. I get so encouraged when I see you face a tough situation and walk by faith through it. I love in, the ch- in this church when I see people in the church helping others that are hurting. When they come in and, and they're being crushed under a load that's just too much for them and they, they're not in a position to roll that care over on the Lord, you have brothers or sisters that come alongside of them and go, listen, come on, we're going to grab this thing, we're going to get it off of you, and we're going to roll this over on the Lord. Because here's what happens, guys. There's going to be times when the enemy's going to talk you into, it's like you're, you're on a bench press, And he's going to talk you into, see how good you feel today? See how strong you feel today? Let's just put an extra 100 pounds on this this thing. And all of a sudden, man, you'll be so excited and you'll lift that thing up. And all of a sudden, there's no spotter there because you decided to do it all alone. And you start losing it. And Satan will start laughing at you. And the minute you start losing it, he's right there in your ear going, you're weak. You're nothing. What are you going to do now? I'm not going to be alone. I'm going to be calling out to guys, right? Probably Steve, you know? Hey, Steve Mortensen, I, I need you to help get this off me. Jim Witt, help me right now, right? Jake, help me. Get it off me, right? Because, see, that's how we live, And so we have to, in your life right now, man, surround yourself with people of faith, people of love. Amen?